0: Hi, uh, this is Jason. I'm Jack. And welcome to episode three of The Devil Wears Pravda. Uh, This week, we're going to be covering the death penalty, uh, life imprisonment, capital punishment. Um, I guess, you know, kind of influenced because of the sentences of Dylan Roof, but also just something that I've always kind of wondered about. Um, I think whether you had a moral position on it or not, there's a lot of questions involving the cost um, and where those escalate and just what all is involved with it. So I was kind of curious to learn more about it.
1: Right. I, I agree. Um, it, whenever you brought up death penalty, I was like, well, it's not as current right now, sure. but the, our last two episodes have been very like what's going on in the news brought, brought on, explicit. on exact, was explicitly by something that was said, um, by Trump or one of his staff members, but yeah, researching it I just got a lot of real interesting information about the history um of it. And and yeah, no I I and the numbers are interesting to me and I think it'll be a good episode. Yeah, I'm
0: excited to to kind of s- to I'm trying not to be
1: too excited about this episode <laughs> cuz it is the death penalty. I think facts started
0: when it all started. It's always okay to punch a Nazi.
1: You're telling me that I can use this phone for more than checking Facebook and Grindr on the go? Fuck you and fuck Mars. Things are the best they've
0: ever been. So the only way to go is down. Oh, I built a straw man argument. Here's the
1: thing though, this shit still stinks.
0: So that's when when women's rights really mattered back then. A podcast by the people, for the people, and of the people. Though a somber topic, certainly one that's worth exploring. Um, And I thought before we uh, started off, we could play a a little game. I have a a list of quotes here, and I'm going to tell you who said it, and then I want you to tell me if you think it was for death penalty or against the death penalty. All right. Um, Al Gore. Against for the death penalty. Oh, okay, he said, I support the death penalty. I think that it has to be administered not only fairly, with attention to things like DNA evidence, which I think should be used in all capital cases, but also with very careful attention. If the wrong guy is put to death, then that's a double tragedy. Um, Abraham Lincoln.
1: Uh, for no, uh, I don't know. I kind of come across him a little bit in my research, but he didn't say anything. Basically, my research says the abolitionist movement um, for the death penalty kind of moved on to the abolitionist movement for it. So I don't really know what he would have been for. I want to say against.
0: He was also for it. He said, those who deny freedom to others deserve it not for themselves and under a just God cannot long retain it. Um, Ronald Reagan. I'm just going to keep going against,
1: and I hope I hit, a, hit one eventually.
0: Definitely four. He, uh, he actually had like 12 or 13 different quotes, and I just had to pick one because he was, he was hot on the subject. Uh, it was all about killing crims. <laughs> he said, we must reject the idea that every time a law is broken, society is guilty rather than the lawbreaker. It is time to restore the American precept that each individual is accountable for his actions. And last but not least, George W. Bush. I feel like he was four from being from Texas. Yes. He said, I support the death penalty because I believe if administered swiftly and justly, capital punishment is a deterrent against future violence and will save other innocent lives. I like how slowly but surely you slipped into his accent. Uh, And now you will get to hear my amazing Margaret Thatcher accent. Because I happen to believe that when some criminals go out and do such hideous cruel crimes, and in particular, when they do such terrible things to children, I think they've forfeited their own right to life. And so I personally, I personally, have always voted to retain capital punishment. I do not say that as a party politician. That is my personal
1: view. Th- I, fuck, Jason, that was so good.
0: <laughs> so, hey, let's talk about them. All right, Jack, tell me what you learned about the history of the death penalty and capital punishment. So the history is
1: we've been killing people for the crimes forever. <laughs> the end. <laughs> uh do,
0: do, 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 do.
1: So the Code of Hammurabi uh, in the 18th century um, actually established a death penalty in writing for the first time. Um, I mean, the Code of Hammurabi is kind of the oldest... Writings we have from those times. I'm sure that there was an official punishment of death. What culture was that? Uh,
0: before that, I don't know. I didn't I'm sorry. write it. Uh, let me stop
1: let me, asking me other questions. I'm,
0: just because I, you know, I thought we were talking about America, and then you said Hammurabi and I was like, that doesn't. No, sound well, like we're American.
1: starting way before. This is the <laughs> 18th century BC. Gotcha. It's Babylon. Yeah. Okay. Um, Babylon. So they actually established the death penalty for uh 25 different crimes surprisingly however one of those crimes not murder interesting um so they actually had kind of it set up where the law had three different categories of people so it was uh landowners free people and slaves. Okay. And then the laws within those were different. It's kinda of feudal states
0: almost. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um and I think I don't I do not have this research, but my guess is that a lot of the uh uh death penalty was used against the slaves. That's probably a my fair Because, like for example, if a doctor who would have been a landowner sure. uh killed a patient he would have had his hands chopped off. Interesting. Um, the, the Code of Harabi, Wait, the patient or the doctor? The doctor. Okay. Um, but if that doctor killed a slave, he just had to pay the owner half the slave's price. Um, so basically, people have sucked forever. Um, <laughs> there was something else I was going to bring up, but I freaking forgot already. Um, so the earliest death sentence that we have recorded... Was in the 16th century Egypt Okay um, It was a noble person Was accused of magic And ordered to take his own life
0: Accused of magic?
1: Yeah You know That crime
0: That's I'm thunderstruck
1: I My boyfriend was over While I was researching all this last night And I just had to keep like Dude listen to this <laughs> Um. So My favorite uh death penalty it was um in athens in the 7th century it was the draconian code okay um which i believe is where we get draconian law from mm. and here's why you did a crime dead <laughs> any crime death just any kind of penalty. any kind of mishap any any kind of crime you got killed for it
0: misdemeanor death felony death right so you did the crime you don't serve time you just die now was there any kind of due process or was that just kind of i didn't
1: look into i have a feeling
0: (laughs) there was
1: what they called due process but it was like if you could pay to get off fine sure like um but yeah like even if they had a court system which i didn't totally look up like i'm sure it was like the people who were like could 't defend themselves it was like yep, in you did. Athens yeah I'm, yeah they had to have yeah some, they had to have they
0: were pretty you know societal um
1: yeah 5th <laughs> yeah. century BC uh, the Roman law of the twelve tablets codified the death penalty um again different for nobility freemen and slaves um and then the death penalty would be used as punishment of crimes such as the publication of libels and insulting songs.
0: Insulting songs? Yeah. So, um... So, not a lot of local bands back then, I'm sure. (laughs) Uh, Uh, Open mic night at the real Apollo. (laughs) um,
1: Hey, if you cut or grazed any crops planted by a farmer, death. Burning of a house or a stack of corn near a house. Uh, Cheating by a patron of his client. Perjury, making disturbances at night in the city? So if you're found guilty of any
0: of these. So imagine if the band Korn went back in time, someone said something bad about their music, and then burned their albums near a field, everyone would die. It would be a massacre. Uh, I'm I'm so glad that time
1: travel doesn't (laughs) exist and that the band Corn didn't go to the 5th century BC Rome. That's where the backwards are. Um, so these deaths were often cruel, cruel, and then included things such as crucifixion, drowning at sea, uh, being buried alive, being beaten to death, um, and impalement, which was Nero's favorite. Yeah,
0: I've, I've read. um,
1: one of my favorite little things I found was that under this law, if you killed one of your parents, didn't matter mother or father, um, just. Parenticide, I think is what it was called. Okay. Um, you were submerged in water in a sack. Okay. Which also contained... Do you want to guess what it also contained? I'm going to go with
0: snakes, Alex. Uh, you got one of four. I'm sorry. There were more than one animal in there?
1: Yes. Okay. There
0: were four fucking animals All in right, there. All called snakes, scorpions. No. Uh, spiders? No. Fire ants? No. The band corn? <laughs>
1: Surprisingly, yes.
0: Excellent. So
1: time travel <laughs> did was, work. It was dog, rooster, viper, and ape.
0: Oh god. That's a big sack. I mean it, it really is. I yeah, I don't even know. That's um, insane. So then we kinda
1: get to AD um like three hundred and like thirty ish AD. This is after Jesus was killed by the Romans. Crucified. By being crucified um constantine existed and he converted to christianity and then he abolished cruel uh crucifixion um because that's what was how his lord died and other cruel death penalties um but uh you know didn't happen stay for very long 10th century a.d Hanging was pretty much the most common method of execution in Britain and then by extension, a lot of Europe.
0: Boring. Since, since they had bring back of- the snakes. If Donald Trump declared an executive order right now, that was like, I'm bringing back the sacks with the apes and the snakes and the dogs. Just throw them in there. I'd, I'd be like, all right, man, let's you know, put that yeah. on pay-per-view. Budweiser would sponsor that shit in a minute.
1: Um. In the following century, <laughs> William the Conqueror would not allow anyone to be hanged or otherwise executed for any crime except for in times of war.
0: Okay. Interesting.
1: Uh, but by the 16th century, Henry VIII uh, happened and he was just killing everyone for crimes. Uh, it estimated that he killed around 72,000 people for, for their crimes. um, Commonly by either um, (laughs) boiling them alive. Oh, my God. Burning them at the stake. Okay. uh, Or hanging or beheading or drawing and quartering. Yeah. Um, Some such crimes that were punishable by death. uh, You know, big things like marrying a Jew. Okay. uh, Or treason or not confessing to a crime.
0: That sounds
1: that's, that a sounds, that's freaking a, catch twenty two. That's right a real there. violation
0: of the Fifth Amendment, if you ask me. <laughs> Henry VIII uh, needs some checks and balances there.
1: So by the seventeen hundreds, there were two hundred and twenty-two crimes punishable by death in Britain, including stealing, cutting down a tree, and robbing a rabbit, Warren. <laughs> Most How of many this, crimes did not result most in of death? This
0: list, but most of this thing, by the way, is me just listing reasons people were put to death. Yeah, that's crazy to think about someone, like, especially if someone was just passing through and they didn't know, and they're mm-hmm. like, oh, shit, you robbed the rabbit warren? And it's like, wait, what did you just say? Like, Next thing you know, drawn and quartered. Drawn,
1: boiled alive, Ugh. man. Um, it's also So... Weird. The, so at the, by this point, there were the juries that were trying these cases got kind of smart. <laughs> sure, and they were like, the death penalty is pretty fucking severe sure. for robbing the rabbit Warren. So they just wouldn't prosecute the crime. They would be like, "Yep, not guilty," and let the person go, even though they <laughs> knew they like there was sufficient evidence to say like. Yes, this person is guilty. They're like, we don't want to find them guilty because we don't think the punishment fits the crime. Um, so if you want to, if- this would lead to some law reform. Okay. Um, and then the reduction of the crimes punishable by death. Um, so from 1823 to 1837, the death penalty was eliminated for uh over a hundred of the 222 crimes.
0: Now, was there like an alternative punishment that was like? put forward if they didn't say like okay well he did this but we're not gonna kill him but he can pay a fine or something instead no that's why like, they reformed it that's crazy
1: that's that's why the it juries, was, there was nothing else it was just death right. penalty or freedom that's why the juries were like we know he did it there's sufficient evidence to say that like he did this thing but like he stole an ear of corn sure. like death is it so we're gonna let them go it's like Instead a, of giving them the guilty verdict and, by extension, the death penalty. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm so, trying
0: to imagine what the decision process was, where they were trying to figure out, um, you know, what the suitable punishment should be. Like they were all sitting there and they were like, "All right, well, I guess death." And does anyone have any other ideas? And everyone's like, "No." Uh, and what? Someone's like, "What about a fine?" And like, "Fuck like, shut off, up, Bill! Seriously, shut up, oh, Bill! Fine, uh, kill him, <laughs> kill Bill. If your name
1: is Bill." Death. <laughs> New law. <laughs> that two, there are 223 uh, crimes punishable by death. If your name is Bill and you
0: open your mouth one more fucking time, <laughs> I swear to God, Bill. <laughs> um, so it kind of the 19th
1: and 20th centuries. They it was flip floppy. There were more capital punishments being abolished. Uh, Not only in Britain, but also across all of Europe, Okay. Uh, which leads us to today, where actually there's only a few European countries that retain the death penalty. Don't ask me which ones. I don't have that information handy. Okay. I believe you. But most European countries don't have the death penalty anymore. But let's go to America now. Tell me all about it. Um, European settlers came to the New World. Uh, And they were like Hey you know that killing people for crimes thing Let's bring that with us That's a good idea um, And the Indians were stoked uh, the, the The Indians Didn't even have to commit a fucking crime <laughs> They just existed And they said so I was like uh, No we don't like you The war now By the way you're fighting this war with sticks And we have guns yeah, Good I luck,
0: s- fuckers. Hey, are, excuse me, sir. Are, are you burning that pile of corn next to my hut? What? No, that is my corn. <laughs> no, I planted it. Uh. <laughs> so the first recorded
1: execution in the new colonies was that of Captain George Kindle in the Jamestown Colony, uh, Virginia, in 1608. He was uh, executed for being a spy for Spain. Really? Yeah. Uh sp- the Spanish sent him over to spy on the colonies. They figured it out. He's like... They were like, uh... No. <laughs> um, in 1612, Virginia Governor Sir Thomas Dale enacted the divine, moral, and martial laws which provided the death penalty for even minor offenses, offenses <laughs> such as stealing grapes, Ugh. killing chickens, and trading with the Indians. Uh-oh. Uh... God, people have always been the worst. <laughs> it's so dumb. People have always
0: been awful. Um, like he was sitting there writing the laws, and he's like, what pisses me? Uh, where Where are my grapes? <laughs> Son of a bitch, where are my grapes? That's it. That's another one. Where's my quill? Uh-huh.
1: Well, luckily Thomas Dale got a little bit lenient. Uh, he re- he softened a lot of the death penalty Laws, uh, because he feared that no one would settle in Virginia because <laughs> the laws were so draconian. Sure,
0: um, they're like, You should go to Rhode Island, man. We're doing whatever the fuck we want, it is awesome.
1: Rhode Island is actually shows up so often in this. Uh, 1622, the first legal execution of a criminal, Daniel Frank, occurred in Virginia. In
0: Virginia,
1: <laughs> uh, he stole something, whatever.
0: Um, that's the kind of high-quality fact reporting you're going to get by tuning in the Devil Wars Pravda. Under the capital <laughs> laws of New England that went into
1: effect between 1636 and 1647, the death penalty was meted out for premeditated murder. All the hits. Premeditated murder, witchcraft, adultery, idolatry, blasphemy, assault and anger, rape, statutory <laughs> rape man stealing perjury (laughs) in a capital trial is that like mansplaining (laughs) i guess i think it's just kidnapping (laughs) man stealing but they're like they're not a kid um rebellion sodomy uh manslaughter poisoning and bestiality
0: Assault, like is assault and anger. How would one gauge if it's like, sir? He was really angry well, at me a few ago. Well, how would one gauge ago. that you were
1: actually standing your ground and not just shooting someone? I don't think they do in Florida. I think they just quit. Just saying, <laughs> things don't change. Um, Also, early laws were accompanied by scripture from the Old Testament, because, of course, they fucking were. Sure. Um, Well, the New Testament God was way nicer. By 1780, the Commonwealth of Massachusetts only recognized seven capital crimes. Again, all the biggest hits. Murder, burglary, (laughs) arson, rape, treason, sodomy, and buggery. Buggery? Buggery? It's butt sex. Mm. I looked it up. Buggery is butt sex, and sodomy is anything other
0: than missionary sex with your wife. With your eyes closed and the lights out. Pretty much. So now, I understand now when uh, you hearing like shows that are like, bugger off. That's what that yeah. means. It means go
1: fuck someone in the butt. Um <laughs> There were two colonies that were more lenient about capital punishment, and surprisingly, South Jersey was one of them. Uh, Pennsylvania was the other. There was actually no death penalty for any crime in South Jersey. And then there were actually only two crimes uh, punishable by death, and that was
0: murder and treason. Okay. I don't... I, I keep hearing that... Rape keeps making the list of hits, but I don't know if that's... It's not so punishable by... No, 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 no,
1: no, no. We let you keep playing lacrosse. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, it's true. Jesus Christ. So, then the crown decided to ruin the party uh, and implemented harsher penal codes in the colonies. <laughs> um, by 1776, though, that that did kind of, like, normalize the death penalty... So all of the colonies had vaguely the same statutes. Um, Typically, you would be hanged in most colonies for the same crimes. Typically, things like arson, piracy, piracy, which is my favorite, treason, murder, sodomy, uh, burglary, rape, horse stealing, (laughs) counterfeiting,
0: and slave rebellion. I wonder when it started coming into play, like, when people started figuring out, like, well, if I bugger in this state and then I run off to this state where they don't prosecute for it, I should be fine, right? I mean, if how extradition began and stuff like that. Yeah, I, of, don't, I, that's I don't. Not it, I don't want to get part of this I don't want to get into Jason. it today. I'm just saying for future
1: reference.
0: Yeah, you um, smug motherfucker. So
1: the first reforms of the death penalty were occurred between 1776 and 1800, um, headed by Thomas Jefferson um, and four others that none of the sites that I went to listed they just like Thomas Jefferson and four other dudes um they were authorized to undertake a complete revision of Virginia's laws and they proposed a law that recommended the death penalty only for treason and murder um and then it was defeated by one vote in the legislature
0: damn it legislature uh
1: 1767 An Italian jurist named Cesare Beccaria wrote on crimes and punishment. uh, And this was a thing where he theorized that there was no justification for the taking of life by the state. Uh, He said that the death penalty was a war of a whole nation against a citizen whose destruction they consider as necessary or useful to the general good. Interesting. And then he also asked the question... What if it can be shown not to be necessary or useful? Uh, His essay conceded that the only time a death was necessary was was only when one's death could ensure the security of a nation, which would be rare and only in cases of absolute anarchy or when a nation was on the verge of losing its liberty. Okay. You know. Right. So... Things that they were worried about back then, but never, ever again. Extreme measures. Um, so this actually inspired a lot of people at the time. Yeah. And they, it actually, it came out in 687, and it kind of even inspired the law that Thomas Jefferson tried to write. Right. Like, just, 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 uh, treason and murder. That's all we're gonna kill you for. Okay. Eye for an eye. Kind Free of range after it. Um... So, yeah, it, a lot of people, there were a lot of organizations that formed up around the abolition of abolition of the death penalty and actually reform of poor prison conditions, which we won that one. Um, <laughs> Huzzah! No, no more bad prison conditions for anybody in 2017.
0: Unless you're in Guantanamo.
1: Or really most prisons, because they're all for profit. <laughs> anyway um, William Bradford, who was the attorney general of Pennsylvania and actually later attorney general of the U S, um, was ordered to investigate capital punishment. And in 1793, he published his inquiry and he strongly insisted that the death penalty be retained, but admitted it was useless in preventing certain crimes. In fact, he said the death penalty made convictions harder to obtain because in Pennsylvania, uh, and in all states, the death penalty was mandatory, and juries would often not return a guilty verdict because of this. Hmm. Same as back in, like, Rome. Yeah. Uh, so when they, they were like, there's too many... This Just go. Just go. <laughs> we're not... Or, it wasn't Rome. It was whatever. Britain, I think. It was a page ago when I talked about it. Mm. It's too far gone. Um, what day is it? October? <laughs> uh, it is... It is November 2nd, 2018. <laughs> um, or 2020. Anyway, whatever. Fine. Um. So in response, though, uh, in 1794, the Pennsylvania legislature abolished capital punishment for all crimes except murder in the first degree. Which um, is premeditated, right? Yes. This is actually even the first time. This was the first instance of murder being broken down into degrees. Okay. Interesting. Um, which is a fun historical fact. That is. When was it? It was in Pennsylvania in 1794. When your next trivia night. <laughs> um, and then following that, four other states redu- reduced their capital crimes as well. Uh, Vermont in 1797- Reduced it to three crimes punishable by death. Maryland to four in 1810. New Hampshire to two in 1812. And Ohio to two in 1815. Um, Those two ones are typically murder and and treason. Um, murder
0: and treason. Don't do it. uh, Song for you. uh,
1: I'm gonna songify the shit out of it. I don't know how to do that. Um, it's an I'm not Anyone can do it. I'm not making promises like, I can't keep
0: anymore. Yeah, you upset our, our all of our one fan <laughs> when you didn't put the music behind uh, it. Hail to the chief. Uh, so, Thank you, Andy. A few
1: states actually went the opposite direction, though. Uh, Rhode Island restored the death penalty for rape and arson. Uh, Massachusetts, New Jersey, and Connecticut raised death crimes from 6 to 10, uh, including sodomy. Maiming, robbery, and forgery. They were real fucking obsessed with the sex stuff back yeah. then. And Some, then, I think several states still are. What? No, everything's perfect. I'm so, I keep on, forgetting Jason. that. Yeah. Uh and then many southern states made more crimes capital, especially for slaves, because why not? With Put like, more shit on them. <laughs> give give
0: them more reason to hate their life. It's that same reason that even when you're like just in your car driving and a cop pulls up behind you, like you're on the highway, you're just like, I hope he doesn't realize i exist right on the roadway just for whatever reason Uh, so
1: 1834 pennsylvania became the first state to move executions away from the public eye and started carrying them out in correctional facilities okay here's why tell me people would fucking flip (laughs) shit for public executions oh yeah holy shit Oh. It was like a
0: fucking Gaga concert for them. And you can see that on Facebook as soon as a, a some kind of imagery or something from a, a shooting or a, you know. I remember when the Michael Brown case was going on and the images came online of him. I mean, there were people that were seeing it. There were people fucking making memes out of it. I mean, it was. it's insane. The public loves blood. They really do. They, oh, they loved it. it. Oh, they
1: loved, loved it. They would fucking try to get as close to the gallows as possible, like pieces of the clothes. Like.
0: They didn't even wear those things like Gallagher, where they? When he breaks the watermelons, the, like the no, tarps, they no, wanted No, they wanted that blood on them. This is a historically accurate... Uh, <laughs> um, so, build a bridge out.
1: Uh-huh. Luckily, Michigan had some sense, and in 1846, it actually became the first state to abolish the death penalty for all crimes. Except treason. Um, which to me, like murder and treason seem to be the t- two biggest ones that like, even I'd be okay with. Um, because murder is like, you did directly take someone else's life and it goes back to the code of Hammurabi, which is like, for eye, tooth for tooth, which is where that came from. And then treason probably got several people killed because of war and all that, whatever. Yeah. Um, However, Michigan was only really able to do this because it had no long tradition of capital punishment, because it hadn't re- really even been a colony or a state very long, right? Um, and, and because few Michigan had a few had very few established religious groups to oppose the abolishment of the death penalty. Religious groups fucking loved the death penalty.
0: Yeah, of course, because I mean... it played right into the Old Testament God. It was God's righteous fury. Yep. Not that dirty hippie pot smoking God who was just like love everybody. But now but now the religious groups love life. Mm.
1: And they wouldn't celebrate a death. They're all pro life. No, nope. which means they love all life and they'll support it from conception to death that is natural, not by the state. Right? Would, I would I mean that's what pro life would mean I would think. That's what it means to me. Um, during the last half of the century, uh, the 1800s, um, the death penalty abolition movement actually kind of just ground to a halt. Okay. Uh, cause you want to remember what happened during the last half of the 1800s? It's called the civil war. Um, that did happen. And the abolition movement kind of was like, you know, slavery. Let's abolish that now. It's good to know that there were people always on the right side of history at some point. Sure. I just, that was my one glimmer of hope of like, good. We're not always drug kicking and screaming into the future. There are some people who are out there making the correct future. Um, Maine abolished the death penalty, restored it, and then abolished it again in like a fucking 10 year period between 1876 and 1887. Um, Iowa abolished the death penalty for six years. Kansas passed the Maine Law in 1872, which the Maine Law about what? It was M A I N E. You know what I fucking. <laughs> right. um, and that operated as de facto abolition. I'm sorry, I'm gonna talk on for way too
0: fucking long. Hey, no, you're today, fine, I mean, man. It's a great history lesson. I'm learning a lot.
1: Um, the first death by electric chair happened at the end of the 1800s, um, and 1890. William Kimmler of New York. Okay. Um, so there's a whole fucking history behind the electric chair that I think you should look up. Yeah. On your own time. I don't have time for it to do it for
0: you. Now. On my own time or their own Just time. The listeners. Okay.
1: It's, it has to do with fucking Thomas Edison electrocuting animals. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: apparently he stole a bunch of stuff from Nikola Tesla as well. There's yeah, a whole controversy. Yeah, yeah. Well, there.
1: well, the whole thing with AC versus DC. Um, a yeah, like great currents. band, back, back
0: in black, and yeah. how they—I
1: like, <laughs> believe it was Edison that was help. doing DC currents and AC currents was Tesla. Dirty Deeds and done dirty and cheap. and Edison was like AC is dangerous. Look, it's killing everybody. It's <laughs> a so fucking electricity, Edison. It's gonna kill all of it's gonna. It doesn't matter what kind of current, but it was literally just to beat to beat Tesla, uh, because people are always off. Second Great Reform Era was between 1895 and 1917. Uh, 1897, U.S. Congress actually passed a bill reducing the number of federal death crimes. Um, Then, in 1907, Kansas took the main law a step further and abolished all death penalties. Uh, Between 1911 and 1917, eight more states, uh, which were Minnesota, North Dakota, South Dakota, Oregon, Arizona, Missouri, and Tennessee, all abolished capital punishment. um, Tennessee abolished it for everything except for rape. <laughs> okay. Um, and then votes in other States came close to ending the death penalty. Yeah. So the abolition movement really fucking got its game on during the end of the 1800s, beginning of the 1900s. Ah, <sighs> but then they were like, we did it. We're done. And they kind of dissolved. Um, and, And by 1919, um, Washington, Arizona, Oregon all reinstated the death penalty between 1919 and 1920. In 1924, the first execution by cyanide gas took place in Nevada.
0: Okay. Um, At Area 51.
1: Yep. Uh, (laughs) That's actually a Tong war gang member. Uh named G John. Uh-huh. So, you know, an yeah. alien. Um <laughs> Oh my god. Your words, not mine. Uh <laughs> so the state actually had originally wanted to secretly pump cyanide gas into his cell at night while he was asleep. <laughs> uh as a more humanitarian way of doing it. Sure. Um but uh cyanide gas tends to escape cells pretty easily. Uh, so they actually had to make a gas chamber damn Uh, from the 1920s to the 1940s there was a resurgence of the use of the death penalty Um, this was due in part to the writings of criminologists who argued that the death penalty was a necessary social measure Uh, in the United States Americans were suffering through prohibition of the Great Depression Uh, there were more executions in the 1930s than in any other decade in American history uh, with an average of 167 per year. Well, yeah, people were sober and poor. What do you expect? Yeah, I yeah. mean...
0: What are you going to do for fun? You start killing, Kill obviously. Kill people, yeah. Um, with the law. <laughs> the main law, right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> actually, the main law was actually an abolition. But anyway, yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Main- I, I know you're going for a joke. I'm going for facts. Uh, there were pockets of abolition movements during this time, but they had little effect. Um... The, the There were protests uh, about the death penalty, but it was more around specific people um, saying, like, no, these specific people shouldn't be put, together, put to death, as opposed to the death penalty as a thing. Gotcha. Being abolished. Right. Um, but <coughs> then, by the 1950s, public sentiment began to turn away from capital punishment. Um, there, many allied nations uh, had abolished or limited the death penalty. And then in the U.S., the number of executions dropped dramatically. Um, Interesting. In the 1940s, there were 1,289 executions. There were... It went down to 715 in the 1950s. Wow. Um, and then it... From 1960 to 1976, uh, there were only 191 executions. Um, and then we get to some court cases. We do. Uh The late 1960s, and then you can start chiming in on these since you kind of have that.
0: Oh, really? Yeah, I'm going to allow you to do that. Thanks.
1: Uh, The Supreme Court began fine-tuning the way the death penalty was administered. Okay. Um, So, in 1968, they dealt with two court cases that kind of had to deal with uh, uh, capital punishment.
0: Were they both in Illinois?
1: Uh, the first case was U.S. versus Jackson. Okay. Um, so this was regarding a provision of the federal kidnapping statute, uh, requiring that the death penalty be imposed only upon recommendation of a jury. Okay. Uh, the court held, the Supreme Court held that this practice was unconstitutional because it encouraged defendants to waive their right to a jury trial oh. to ensure they would not get a death penalty. Interesting. And then the other 1968 court case was Witherspoon v. Illinois. Um, you got that one. Woohoo. And this one, the Supreme Court held that a potential juror's mere reservations about the death penalty were insufficient grounds to prevent that person from serving on the jury in a death penalty case.
0: Sure. Um, so basically, they they didn't have unlimited challenge for it. They, right. could, they couldn't keep trying to get this juror removed, and it would basically created a more uh, um, what sort I'm looking for? Homogenous jury. Right. So um, I'm actually uh, did you want did you say you had a couple more court cases besides yeah, I've that? Yeah, I got a couple more. Okay. because um, actually a few of the ones that I was gonna touch on went back a little bit, back to the eighteen eighties. Just the okay. ones that kind of defined. So hit on the ones that you've got. Yeah, I've just got a couple more. We'll, we'll um catch up in the middle.
1: There was June 29th nineteen seventy two, uh case of uh, Furman versus Georgia. Um, actually, all nine justices have different opinions, but the majority was five to four. Yeah, that was
0: a five-four case. Yeah. Uh,
1: the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that the way the capital punishment laws were written, including discriminatory sentencing guidelines, capital punishment, was cruel and unusual and violated the Eighth and Fourteenth Amendments. Um, thus, on June 29th, 1972, the Supreme Court effectively voided 40 death penalty statutes. Um, that were in separate states. Yeah. Uh, Thereby commuting at sentences of 629 death row inmates around the country um, and suspending the death penalty because existing statutes were no longer valid. Interesting. Um, This actually effectively ended capital punishment in the United States for a little bit. Um, The uh, little bit meaning literally like five months. Because all the states started rewriting their statutes. Florida did it within five months. (laughs) Um, Are you shitting me? And then even uh, shortly after, 34 other states uh, proceeded to enact new death penalty statutes. Um, So to address the unconstitutionality of unguided jury discretion, some states removed all of that discretion by mandating capital punishment for those convicted of capital crimes. Sure. Um, however, this practice was held
0: unconstitutional by the Supreme Court in Woodson versus North Carolina. <laughs> um, um, so although I did have uh, in that same year, in 1976, do you have Greg versus Georgia? I don't. Greg versus Georgia was when it that was basically what ended the Supreme Court's moratorium mm-hmm. on the Furman case. It said it reaffirmed the Supreme Court's acceptance of the use of the death penalty in the United right. States. And that was a 7 to 2 decision, um, oh, which is kind of interesting compared interesting. to the 5 to 4. So um, I'll go ahead and, and swing away here.
1: Yeah, because I'm basically just about to wrap up. So the last court case actually wraps up everything. Real nice. Cool. So.
0: All right. So um, uh, a lot of the the cases that um, dealt with the death penalty and capital punishment were typically versus the states. Um, so in 1879 we had Wilkerson versus Utah. That had a 9 to 0 ruling uh, that execution as prescribed by territorial or state statute does not constitute cruel and unusual punishment. So basically, giving power to the states in that regard. Uh, 1905, Rooney versus North Dakota, adoption of private execution versus public execution after sentence does not affect the sentence. So, you know, pos- like maybe a possible legal loophole is if, well, if it's not by the same rules as before, where it's a public execution, is the sentence different? So, you know. Just legal minds at work there. Uh, 47, Francis versus Ress Weber. Uh, re-execute. This is an interesting one. Uh, five to four decision. Re-execution after a failed attempt does not constitute cruel and unusual punishment, nor double jeopardy. So it's like power outage sucks. Right. Hang tight because you're still dying. Right. Um, which I thought was an interesting one uh, because it made me one. I, I should have looked more into this. Does that mean either Francis or Ress Weber was... Attempted to be put to death and then wasn't, and then they had to go to court again to be like, "Well, shit, guys, I don't know." My
1: guess is it was his family. Oh yeah, we're trying to sue for like causing
0: them emotional
1: pain, watching, having to watch him suffer, stuff like that. Okay, that
0: makes sense. Uh, and I, uh, I answered my own question. 1977, Coker versus Georgia under the Eighth Amendment held that the death penalty is an unconstitutional punishment for rape of an adult woman when the victim is not killed. Six to three decision. Um, 1980. Wait, hold on. Yes. Go back. Rape is not. Uh, rape. I'm sorry. Rape. The the held that the death penalty is an unconstitutional punishment for rape in an adult woman when the victim is not killed. Okay. Yeah. So. <coughs> Just say
1: if you rape someone, you're not going to get killed for it.
0: In Georgia, at least. No. Um. Or in Stanford. Uh. So. Or back... well, in most of the country now. <laughs> Uh, Beck versus Alabama in 1980 The jury must be allowed to consider lesser included offense Not just capital offense or acquittal So in the kind of the way that they would level out sentencing Although, I mean, if you robbed a McDonald's And then also shot everyone in there I guess they'd be like, well, let's not forget he robbed him So, I guess we'll still kill him I don't know, that's interesting uh, Another one, Godfrey versus Georgia Murder must involve a narrow and precise aggravating factor To be punishable by death Just really splitting hairs here it's like okay but how was he gripping the ice pick was it right was, was he really angry or was it like he was cooking and then she surprised him um
1: again I, this kind of goes into when i mentioned like they started fine-tuning yeah like, like really they're really getting into the nitty-gritty of like but what if <laughs> uh, here's a here's a scenario what if i'm
0: angry but right. not angry enough to kill but there's an accident sure no, I mean, and that's honestly when you're when you are paying for excellent defense counsel, that's what you're paying for. Those guys to review these precedents and like find those little little loopholes that they can exploit. And I mean, that even if it doesn't affect the jury, it can have a huge huge outcome on the sentencing. Um, another Florida one: Inman versus Florida. The death penalty is not allowed for a person who is a minor participant in a felony and does not kill, attempt to kill, or intend to kill. It's not too bad. I mean, yeah. you know. Um, 1986 Ford versus Wainwright, execution of insane persons banned under the Eighth Amendment. So okay. that's when you're starting to see stuff like the insanity plea. Yeah, things like I,
1: that. I I actually had that fun fact.
0: Yeah. Um. Um. Yeah. The and uh, yeah. Oh, God. What was that? When was that? Uh, that was I had nineteen. 86 Ford, See, I Ford have my verse.
1: fun fact is that in 2002, the US Supreme Court struck down the death penalty for people with inter- intellectual disabilities. I,
0: that at Atkins, Virginia. That's uh, the execution of mentally retarded defendants violates the Eighth Amendment's ban on cruel and unusual punishment. Also, my favorite, it was in, took us until 2005
1: to say, hey, maybe let's not kill people under 18. Yep, maybe. Just think about it. Uh, and it's actually made the U.S. one of the last countries
0: uh, that allowed the death penalty for offenders that um, were juveniles. 95, Schlupp versus Dello, uh, expanded the ability to reopen a case in light of new evidence of innocence. Five to four. I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, uh, but, I mean, that was kind of like the basis for serial as well, was that the new evidence ultimately right. allowed for that. Um, Stanford versus Kentucky, Eighth Amendment does not prohibit the death penalty for crimes committed at age 16 or 17, which was overturned in Roper versus Simmons, 2005. Um, so you're seeing it all get fine-tuned as uh, as the you know it gets uh, we become a more progressive culture. Um, yeah. Uh, 2006, Hill versus McDonough allowed appeal on civil rights violation grounds even after habeas appeal. So almost kind of a separate. Uh, Format Mm -hmm. for it. Um, House versus Bell, post conviction DNA forensic evidence can be considered in death penalty appeals. Um, Kennedy versus Louisiana states may not impose the death penalty for crime against the person where the victim's life was not taken, including child rape, five to four. Cool. Insane. And the. Well,
1: we'll get to the discussion in a sec. And in
0: 2016, the last one we'll touch on, uh, Hearst versus Florida allowing Florida judges to decide facts related to sentencing a death penalty violates the 6th amendment in light of Ring which requires a jury to determine if there are aggravating factors that call for the death penalty 1008 to 1 so okay. so you're seeing you know more fine tuning it's not all bad i mean right. subjectively obviously subjective but um so let's get into some of the nitty-gritty about the prison systems how they work today well okay i was just going to say i wanted to bring
1: up real quick a couple of you asked me to look up prices a little bit. I too. did, yeah.
0: I, I, I'm sure we have some, we can kind of do like a we little back and forth on cost yeah. analysis. Um,
1: so I just wanted to bring up, because it's going to come up, the Garrett, execution of Gary Gilmore in uh, 1977. Okay. Uh, was kind of the first execution that happened since the um, Jackson and Witherspoon decisions. Uh-huh. And that was in 77. Right. And then that same year, Oklahoma became the first state to adopt lethal injection. Um, but it would actually be five more years until Charles Brooks became the first person executed by lethal injection in Texas, December 7th, 1982. That's crazy. So that's fairly recent history, if you think about it. Yeah. When I,
0: this one goes all the way back to 18 BC, 18th century BC. Yeah. Um, Like long stories, long-standing history of killing. Just everyone (laughs) dies. Um, so I mean, so just some basic information. Um, I pulled a lot of this directly from the Death Penalty Information Center. Uh, all this information is available for you to check out. I'm gonna start figuring out a way to make
1: a burner website. For all of our art, like links. work cited and our stuff work like cited. that. Well, yeah,
0: we'll see. It's not a bad idea. I mean, it's I might, yeah. It's eighty-five percent Wikipedia and then fifteen percent real journalism. <laughs> um, so, uh, uh, so number of executions since nineteen seventy-six, we have about one thousand four hundred forty-six. Uh, up to two thousand seventeen, the highest year on uh, record was uh, nineteen ninety-nine with ninety-eight executions total. Um, so I mean, our average it looks like you're kind of you know you know mid mid low forties there's is a is, you Recently, know, kind of, yeah yeah I mean uh, information up to seventeen there are only thirty one states that allow the death penalty uh nineteen that don't allow the death penalty um and it's uh it's kind of interesting how that's all broken down um
1: yeah, and there were seven states abolished it since 2007. So in the past 10 years, yeah. seven states have yeah. abolished the death penalty. That's um I just I think it was New York, New Jersey, New Mexico, Illinois, Connecticut, Maryland and Nebraska.
0: Hey, here's a sociology question for you. Who do you think has a higher pop racial population on death row? Black people or white people?
1: Oh god, this is so hard. Um ah uh, man you know, uh, uh, I'm thinking about America. I'm thinking about how great it is for Black people, uh, how equal everything is.
0: Mm. is it white people? You fucking snowflake. It's uh, <laughs> it's actually an even split as of uh, 2016 in July. We have 42% white, 42% Black, 13% Hispanic, and 3% other. Wait, um, hold on. Yeah.
1: 42 42 13 and what?
0: 3.
1: That's not 100.
0: That's that's what I'm looking at the pie graph right here. 84 84 and 16 Oh, uh, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, 80.
1: no. It's oh 42. No, I thought it was 47. And I'm like that doesn't make sense.
0: <laughs> um so uh <sighs> yeah. so I which I I thought was interesting too, but um I mean, and if you break it down by state California by far and away has the most at 741. Uh, Missouri sits at 26, so we're under the 100 mark. Uh, Is that
1: in the past? like
0: July 1st, 2016. Okay. Um, and New Hampshire and Wyoming tied it first.
1: Those are people on death row?
0: Death row inmates by state, yeah, as okay. of July 1st, 2016. So um, some of this could have changed, but it's it's a long process. I mean, and it's something that, you know, whether you break it down by the morality of it or not, um, there's one way that we can all quantify stuff, and that's by cold hard cash. So, uh, what do you say we take a look at the, that's the money cost of it? Stuff? Yeah, um, I mean, you would think if you were just kind of, you know, going off of it, you know, a person goes to court, they killed 12 people, they say put them to death. You're like, all right, man, put them to death. Then two weeks later, they right, get put in the right. death. It doesn't work like that no, at all. not at all. Like so. A lot of people like to say that, oh, the death penalty is
1: cheaper than life in prison. I used to say, I genuinely thought that for a yeah. while. I was like, there's no yeah. way it could be. I thought be. that until last night. Um, So, technically, it is true that ec- the actual execution costs taxpayers
0: so little. It's like 84 to yeah. to $100 um, on average.
1: It, yeah. For the cocktail. Yeah. For Mo- the cocktail yeah, Most least. states... Don't tell what it costs to protect the privacy of the uh, pharmaceutical companies. But um, the oh, Texas
0: no. is big pharma hurting for money?
1: Oh. oh, no. The Texas Department of Criminal Justice put the cost of their drug doc- cocktails at $83 in 2011. So depending on the state and depending on inflation since 2011, it's probably somewhere around $83 to $100. Sure, But there are so many outside costs that you don't even think about. Um, Court costs, the appeals process. Well, yeah, so to begin with, uh, capital cases, where, and to define that since we've been saying it, those are cases where the death penalty is a potential punishment. Um, they're more expensive and take more time to resolve than non-capital cases. Um, there was a study done by the Kansas Judicial Council uh, that defended... Uh, that said defending a death penalty case costs about four times as much as defending a case where the death penalty is not considered. Um, and in terms of costs, this is from Forbes. So this is all money. They talk money. Um, in terms of costs, a report of the Washington state bar association found that death penalty cases are estimated to ge- uh, generate roughly, four hundred and seventy thousand dollars in additional costs to the prosecution and defense versus a similar case without the death penalty um and that doesn't even take into account the cost of court personnel
0: i mean it, it varies greatly by state as well i mean uh in some place you know um it, a, like a death penalty trial in kansas can be about four hundred thousand dollars whereas in texas your average death penalty case can be like 2.3 million right i mean right. it's it's exorbitant. Also, I would like to point out, since we're on on the uh, the good old Texas, that uh, an ex broken down executions by region, Texas and Oklahoma comprise uh, 652 uh, federal executions that are listed in the region in which the crime was committed. The South as a total of 1178. Northeast four. Yep. Just real, real calm. Just fishing people up there waiting for nor'easters to blow uh. in. Bunch of Bostonians, janitors solving math problems.
1: <sighs> yep. <laughs> Sorry. Um so in, in even when you take into account though the uh, trials where um, or the cases where a trial isn't necessary because of a guilty plea, um those with the death penalty being sought still cost about twice as much as the ones where the death penalty wasn't sought. Um a guy uh With the Death Penalty Information Center. Um, His name's Richard C. Dieter. Um, He says that uniformly and conservatively shown that a death penalty trial costs $1 million more than one in which prosecutors seek life without parole. Um, Yeah, that's Um, insane. And that doesn't even take into account appeals. Which just adds to the process. Right. Not only is it expensive in the first place you're going to try to appeal a death penalty more than a life in prison penalty therefore costing more money for more cases for more court
0: dates basically so so basically this we can mark this stamped official double worst prov de fact it is not less expensive to use the death penalty yeah yes basically, I mean, cost, basically. cost efficiently
1: here's the thing though the court cases do tend that well okay <laughs> it's in in cases uh where it's like so, uh someone versus the state versus someone then yes the state is picking up that tab when it's a person versus person those people are picking up the tab however people a, a large people percentage of people who do commit case uh mer- whatever a crime that ends in seeking capital punishment might only have a public defender and in that case taxpayers are paying for their lawyer. Sure, but I mean but
0: I mean also even if it was a private versus private uh, party in the in the capital punishment crime case, um, the cost of right. maintaining a prisoner on death row is exorbitantly higher than that of a, a someone in general population. Um, I had a, a, st- a fact here that said um, maintaining each death row prisoner costs taxpayers 90,000 more per year than a prisoner in general population in california um there are 714 inmates currently which equates 64 thousand or 64 million, two hundred sixty thousand dollars a year yeah. just in keeping death row prisoners alive because they have to be kept separate from general population um so i mean yeah w- despite extenuating factors i think that's safe to say right. which makes it I mean, if you take it out of the realm of being a cost argument, then it becomes more of a moral moral argument. argument. Um, Um, And yeah,
1: just kind of going to who pays for all of this. um, So state and local governments typically bear the burden of paying to pursue death penalty cases. Um, And, you know, tax dollars are what pay that money. Uh, um, uh, State spending on corrections, including prisons... Has nearly quadrupled over the past two decades. It's now the fastest growing budget item after Medicaid. Um, so, yeah. And like you said, it costs way more to house death penalty prisoners than regular prisoners. Absolutely. Um, it's like, yeah, general population. Like in Kansas, for example, $49,380 per prisoner per year in death row as opposed to 24690 general population.
0: And, and there's other costs that I think don't get thought of a lot as well, as especially when you're thinking of people in prison populations, that if a, a prison is state-run and it only has a certain amount of budget, that budget also costs or covers you know, employees, pensions, benefits, health insurance, things like that, and what's left over has to be covered somewhere. Um, according to the fiscal year 2010, Missouri taxpayers paid 25.9% of costs outside the state correction budgets. Or $680,000, $487 total, um, which breaks down to about $22,000 per prisoner. Uh, so, I mean, you know, it's it, when the budget falls short, either way it's going to cost, whether they're in prison, or whether they're on death row. Um, and I guess the other question that kind of comes about is does the death penalty do anything to deter, deter crime? I mean, statistically, You know, I think that's uh, subjective and kind of hard to lock down. But in most polls that have been done, um, people feel that, uh, like, a 2009 poll commissioned by uh, the Death Penalty Information Council found that um, the highest one was lack of law enforcement resource, drug and alcohol abuse, family problems, and child abuse, which is what interferes with effective law enforcement. And the lowest rated thing was insufficient use of the death penalty. Yeah. Um, I... Do we want to get into our discussion part now? Because I have a lot to think. We might as well.
1: Because, I mean, we're out of I can't really right think now. of what
0: else we would need to touch on uh, other than a uh, real quick breakdown if anyone yeah. would like to yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jail Ms- stuff. Missouri is a death penalty state. Um, the location of our death row is Potosi Correctional Center. Um, and the executions are done Eastern Reception Diagnostic and Correctional Center in Bon Terre, which okay. is uh, yeah, a not- little bit south of yeah. us. Um so, uh, you know, his, it was first used in 1810 in Missouri. Okay. Um, and we had uh, our one of our we had a notable exoneration with Joseph Am Joseph Amrine, who uh, he was accused of stabbing fellow inmate Gary Barber in 1986. No physical evidence was linked to it. Um, he appealed his death sentence, and the Missouri Supreme Court found clear and convincing evidence of actual innocence. They tried to charge him again with a different case, and he ended up being freed in 2003. Um, And then an interesting one. uh, Daryl Meese was convicted and sentenced to death for the murder of his former drug partner, Lloyd Lawrence, Lawrence's wife and Lawrence's grandson. He's scheduled to be executed in 1999. Pope John Paul II was visiting Missouri at the time and made a personal plea to Governor Carnahan to grant Meese mercy. The day before Meese's execution, Governor Carnahan granted Meese clemency, commuting his sentence to life without parole, which is kind of a little interesting tidbit. When the Pope talks, you listen, right? Especially in a good old Catholic state like Missouri. So, uh, yeah, let's break it down. I mean, what do you? What are your thoughts on the matter? Um, this okay, is something p- that we putting get
1: to... money stuff aside. Yeah, which I, I because I have none. It's just, I, I think that that is the biggest driving factor for a lot of people right now in the world. Just about anything. It's like, how much is it going to cost me? Exactly. And I think if people look at the cost of housing death row inmates as opposed to housing people for life. Um, and seeing how much that costs them in tax dollars per year, you would a hundred percent come down on the side of getting rid of the death penalty. I think. Sure. Um, personally, I, I just don't think it does much to stem the tide
0: of crime. Okay. Uh, I, as an effective way of yeah, don't of, kind it of a, preventing it. Right, yeah.
1: I don't think it's an effective prevention tool. I think a lot of people deal with crime as a, um, like, um, what's it? Not, it, it what's the opposite? Of, like a pound of, what is it is worth a, an ounce of whatever. Um, <laughs> Prevention versus. Uh, Are you talking about
0: cocaine? Because I don't. find yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah.
1: Give me a pound of cocaine. Um, but it's prevention, preventative measures versus reactive measures. It's yeah, and proactive I think, instead of reactive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of a lot of criminal justice stuff, in a lot of places. Is a lot more reactive Mm -hmm. as opposed to proactive. Sure, and I mean, um, and I think the death penalty is the biggest reaction. Um, if you look at people who commit murder, because I listened to a great podcast uh, called uh, "My Favorite Murder." Um, I'm very into like true crime stuff, and if you look at the people who murder people, are typically either people who have early warning signs anyway, like even
0: well into their childhood. Sure. Um, or it's crimes of passion. And um, I, would, I would throw a third in there if they just don't value life already. So
1: well, that's part of the. They'll show signs of that as a child, like right in, in killing animals or setting fires, yeah, to, it, stuff like to that. Corn. Um, and there is an element to that of almost like that kind of like arresting you for something before you've done anything. Yeah. Um, kind of like total recall kind of kind of stuff or sure. whatever it is. Um, that is dangerous but I think it's important for families um, to be vigilant early on and just be like, we think there might be an issue here. Right. Um, and really I... I I'm going to get on my soapbox real quick, but like I think the stigma surrounding mental health care in this country is ridiculous. I think if more people were less afraid to go see someone we could and it was less expensive to see someone to talk about your anger issues or to talk about your whatever issues. Sure. They wouldn't come out in violent bursts.
0: I mean that's I think that's definitely an aspect to be explored Um, but I don't know if it is something that really solidifies the big picture in that I mean surely we could both agree that anyone who not anyone but most people who would go out and commit heinous crimes against other people resulting in death that weren't crimes of passion that weren't self-defense that were premeditated they're not firing on all stoleners properly I mean that's that's to be expected um but it makes me wonder, you know if if that kind of existential want wantonness exists already where you don't value that um if that's something that can be helped in every you know in certain cases, it might just not be some i mean your your choice would either be. Because, I mean, like, for example, if you went to – if someone had issues like that, they went to go talk to a counselor, and the counselor was like, I think this person is going to hurt somebody or has intentions to, it ultimately ends up with them being incarcerated in some form, whether in a mental health facility or if they end up committing a crime or something like that, you know. Um, I guess that's to say that I do think that there's not near enough attention focused on mental health, and it should be easier for people to do that. But I also think that some people are just too far gone in some capacities – you know what i'm saying that's a pretty cynical right. view but... and so you're
1: saying like <clears throat> well if they're out and they did it they're not even it, I'm, they're, i they 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 they're they're damned people anyway kind of almost so I, the I, death penalty is okay i mean in that i think situation?
0: i think one you know it's one of those things where it's like if uh like, after a while, things lose their punch, you know, and we don't use the death penalty very often anymore, but right. it's still they used... Right, they were, what,
1: 16 of cases right, yeah. in 2016 or something like yeah, that? 20 yeah, something? not a ton. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, it's, you know, if you whittled it down farther to just be the most extreme cases, you know, that's one option, but I also, I think of it more in a big picture sort of view, and I mean, cost issues aside, if we're just talking on a moral relativism scale, I think... If we've made a decision as a society through our due process, through our court system, that this person is no longer fit to be part of our society, I don't know that if I was given the option, I would necessarily want to continue paying for them to exist in a facility where they get three square meals a day, where they might have access to recreational things, where they might be able, you know, sure, there'd be some people who just sit there miserable, missing their old life, really remorseful of what they did. But some people didn't, and I think if you have that option to just say, we have, you know, if you are a, a, the worst thing I can think of, like a child rapist slash killer, you know, like a John Wayne Gacy type, something like that. Yeah, we don't need him in our society. We don't need a chance for him to get paroled. I don't want to hear 25 years down the line that he's reformed and he's better. I, like, I have no use for someone like that in society, and as a big picture for us to continue and to evolve in some semblance of, you know, past this plateau of apathy and complacency that we seem to find ourselves at sometimes culturally, we can't be so lenient as to always hope for the best because sometimes there just isn't any hope, which is a terribly dismal point to end on. But I think in a big big picture way for some individuals, there is no rehabilitation. There is no need for us to try to propagate them to stay alive if they've already made this choice to... Ex, you know, more or less, extract themselves from the societal norms to begin with. You know, so basically, you're saying keep it, but only for the most irredeemable
1: of people.
0: Like, not like,
1: and that's hard put to gauge. I mean, that's hard. To yeah, gauge. and that it, you're making something very I'm subjective. S-
0: I realize that. Yeah, I 100 realize that. And I
1: think that it could because uh, in my in my history, like you see it all the time, where they are like, eh. No, we're just going to make it for murders and treason mm-hmm. people. But then it was still in the books so then it could come back for people who commit sodomy or slightly le- like lesser crimes than murder. Yeah. Um rape I mean even to me rape is like yeah no you 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 denied so- you're you have now caused someone a life of in pain and sure. and stuff. And to me, that still does... It makes sense to get the death penalty for it. But again, I'm opening it up to that now. Because the door is still open with, oh, we are only going to kill... We're only going to execute the most heinous of criminals. Then you go, well... Right. I think think that talking about the president's pretty heinous. You know, like... Sure. To me, it it's... And I hate slippery slope arguments. I really do. It's,
0: a, But I mean, at this point, it's all hypothetical. And
1: it is very hypothetical. But I think the if if you don't say, no, we're not going to to execute anyone, if we're getting rid of the death penalty entirely, then the door is not open for the death penalty to be applied to lesser crimes anymore.
0: I agree. And I think uh, the first step to something that would help both ends of what we're talking about would be a, a, some form of prison reform that got rid of a, a huge portion of the population that are in there for minor drug offenses, mm-hmm. for things like that. I had one statistic here that was kind of blew my mind. It said something that we have like fifty people f- for every one hundred thousand uh, U.S. citizens. Fifty of them are in in jail. I mean, that's insane. Yeah. And I mean, well,
1: oh god, we could do a whole fucking episode about the the jails i mean about prison reform
0: about stuff like that i mean i there's so many
1: things that i find bothersome about the prison system that i'd love to talk about and i mean i think we're running low on time
0: the death penalty is one of those things that i don't you know we we saw a brief moratorium of it in the 70s but the states still maintained it right and i don't think that it's something the states are going to seek to eliminate By any means.
1: Well, I mean, it's state by state. Some have. I mean, we're at 3119. You know,
0: we're on our way almost to a half and half. But um, it's, you know, there are people who still believe in that kind of old school vengeance, eye for an eye justice. I will, I mean, I 100% go on record saying that I don't think it accomplishes anything for the sake of crime. But as far as just getting rid of shitty people, I think it does a great job of that. I... Two things. Two last
1: things. One, who are we to be, you know, whatever, for lack of a better word, even though neither of us really believe in a God, who are we to play God and say, oh, you're a shitty person and we get to get rid of you from society?
0: I think it's a feeling in your gut as a human. Yeah, but it's Child rapist, murderer, shitty person, don't need you. You're gone. You know, that's, I mean... There are—it it gets more and more subjective, like when we saw that fine-tuning in the court cases, but there are some things that just yeah. are, you know? Yeah. Child murder, rapist, no fucking use for you. Goodbye. You know? Well,
1: I mean, I just—maybe we just get rid of the death penalty, but, like— Maybe I should just go— Oh, no. i saying I'm very— Oh, no. The van transporting this awful criminal just happened to stop, and the criminal escaped— but there was like a bunch of angry people around and they just budgeted it again. I want to end the podcast since you started the podcast with fucking Thatcher. Um, I'm going to end the podcast with a quote from Ralph Nader. Let me um, do
0: my, be, before you do that, can you can you hand me the verdict here real quick? Just hand me the verdict from across the table, please. Thank you. <clears throat> All right, order in the court. In the case of child murder rapist, you are sentenced to a bag of snakes, vipers, dogs, and uh, I need one more. What uh, What? Uh, what else? What should we throw in there? Uh, a monkey.
1: Get a monkey in there. <laughs> All right, now I'm going to do my best Ralph Nader impression to end this podcast. Ready? We'll,
0: s- we'll see you next week, guys. Nader Gonzalez has always opposed the death penalty. Number one, we now see that many innocent people uh, have been subjected because of lack of good representation and uh, inadequate trials uh, to being on death row or being executed. And uh, the second reason is it is not a deterrent. uh, And and third, uh, it is incredibly expensive. It's far more expensive to push for a death penalty case than to have a life in prison without parole. If we had a rehabilitative prison system instead of a vengeful one, a lot of the people in prison now would uh, would be re- rehabilitated, and would be in some constructive work inside prison.